Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. purpose, purpose, purpose There's a purpose, thin line purpose, purpose. between moving on and not forgetting where you came from. All right. I'm a very nostalgic person. I like to think back just and reminisce, you know, on the journey of this life and how I got to where I am. And you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's a cool thing to do sometimes. Um, but it's also challenging because when you go back, how do I say you're not always able to control what you go back to? Woo. That boy preaching already, preaching already, hey, preaching already. Hey. So you can mess around and go and trigger the wrong memory. I'll give you an example. Um, I think it was like a week ago or something. And I bought my wife something from the store. And when she um, ate it, she was like, yo, this reminds me of growing up, you know, being young, growing up at my grandma's house. Like this taste took me back. And so we started kicking it for a minute, like just about how crazy that is. You know me, because I'm always like, you can't say nothing like that to me. And we not talk about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to make a comment like that. Like, my whole mind is like, whoa, a taste took you back? And I just start thinking about, like, man, how crazy is it that a taste or a smell can put you right back into a situation or a sound? Because I can relate to that. Like, sometimes, literally, when I hear it rain, I think back to the old house that I grew up on um, in on Seven Mile because I used to love when it rained to do two things. Mostly I loved to sit on the porch. I enjoyed sitting on the porch as a kid and just watching it rain. And then every now and then I would work on my basketball drills in the rain. That wasn't always on purpose. Sometimes that was like, oh, I was already out here working on dribbling skills or whatever and techniques. And it just started raining. And I'm that kid that was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to the league. Like, uh, I'm practicing in the rain. Like, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? I could have made a dope little video or something on YouTube if YouTube would have existed back then. Nonetheless, it is sometimes extremely hard to move on in this life. And moving on is a really important part of life, especially, you know, if you're like me and, you know, you're a believer and you're trying to grow. And you haven't always lived the way the Lord wanted you to live, right? So it's important to be able to let go of the old you, to let go of old ways, you know what I'm saying? And to grow and develop new habits. One of the toughest things in the world to move on from is people, you know, in all honesty, because a lot of times if you had friends, if let's say, for example, 
you had a group of friends you used to party and drink with. And something happens in your life and you like, man, it's time for me to grow up. I'm trying to be a different person, you know, and those people, you know what I'm saying? They not ready for that level of growth. And they like, okay, cool. And y'all end up typically growing apart. And one of the toughest things is that every time you reunite with these people, they still do the stuff that you used to like to do. And so it's this difficult thing of like, yo, okay, I want to re reunite with y'all. I want to kick it with y'all. But y'all are still living at the place that I moved from. I moved, but you still live there. So now it's this thin line because, yeah, I like to reminisce. Like we had some good times together, but it could be a certain smell, a certain taste. And it might take me right back to a place that I moved on from. And depending on where you used to live, you might not ever be trying to go back or ever need to go back to where you moved on from. And so at the same time, you don't want to become a person that forget where you came from, because a lot of where we came from made us who we are and allowed us to develop into the people we are. So this is kind of a tough thing, you know what I'm saying? Like something that I think all of us at some point in life have to deal with. And I don't, you know, I'm not trying to provide a one size fits all answer. Like, you know, this is case by case, depending on, um, you know, what God has going in your life. But I want to generally speak about this. Um, and we're going to jump into the word to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because I really think that nine times out of 10, we've all kind of been here at some point of our lives. Like, you know, you've had to move on from something unless you just out here like uh, angelic with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? You just living your whole life at a level I ain't never seen before. Sidebar, I'm a little congested today, man. Like, if you can't tell, so, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying my best to, like, not sound super boring on this episode. So if you a new listener, you like, yo... This guy is whack. Like, I promise you, I got more energy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying my best to push through, but I'm congested. I woke up not feeling the absolute best. The weather is changing here in Michigan. And um, I don't know if it's scientifically proven, but what we like to think is that when the weather change, we get sick. We just blame it on that. I don't know if that's really happening, but when it go from hot to cold, cold to how you are, oh, the weather changing, I'm about to get sick. So anyway. That's for anybody who judges me. But there's this cool story in 1 Kings chapter 13, um, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So I've preached about this before um, at church, but something different stood out when I was doing a Facebook Live the other day and talking about it. So let, let's kick it about this. 1 Kings chapter 13. Um, We're going to start at verse 1. I'm kind of going to be skipping through here for a second, and then I'm going to have to hopefully uh, bring it home and make it make sense. Verse one, at the Lord's command, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel, arriving there just as Jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense. Then at the Lord's command, he shouted, O altar, O altar, this is what the Lord says. A child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David. On you, he will sacrifice the priests from the pagan shrines who come here to burn incense and human bones will be burned on you. All right, let's pause. So what you have here is there was a prophet 
that was traveling north to the northern kingdom, coming from the south in Judah. And the Lord had sent him because, you know, in the north at this time, they, they was fooling. You know what I'm saying? Like, they was just wilding out. Like, that's just what, um, you know, the King Jeroboam, that's how they was getting down. They was wilding out. They was burning incense at the altar. They was doing a bunch of weird stuff. And God sent this prophet up there like, yo, you go up there and call them out and give them this prophecy of what's going to happen. So this prophet goes up there and starts prophesying to them about this King Josiah who's going to be born. Now, let's take a quick, like, pause. Like, let's leave a little, a little placeholder right there because I got to talk about a sidebar. When you look at it, King Josiah wouldn't come on the scene until about 14 kings in Judah later. Like, so first of all, that's crazy to me. Like, he's prophesying about something that, according to what I looked up, it looks like it's around 300 years gap between this prophecy and the fulfillment of this prophecy. I guess it's encouraging because sometimes you get a word from the Lord, uh, you get direction from the Lord, and then two years go by and you discourage. Three days go by and you discourage. You're like, God, you ain't blessed me yet. And, you know, I'm talking about an authentic word from the Lord. Now, if you got a false word from the Lord, that's a whole nother episode we got to do. Or not a false word from the Lord, a false word from a false prophet that claims to be a word from. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? We'll talk about that another time. But my point is, I want to take a break just right there to encourage anyone who's been waiting on the Lord. And like, you like, man, I'm just waiting on God to bless me. Like, I got faith. And I've been there, man. Sometimes we, you know, shoot, I had faith for 25 minutes. What's up, God? That's mustard seed level, right? Like you say, mustard seed, like that's good. But when I look at this situation, I'm encouraged because it's like, man, 300 years passed. 14 kings, you know, came and went. Could you imagine like going through that and you, you God putting you on the scene and you going to deliver a prophecy and people coming and going? They like, man, pfft. Remember that prophecy like Jay was somebody like, <laughs> he lied, but God is still able and um, his word doesn't rever return unto him void. And so that's just something that encourages me um, because we try to put time limits on God. We try to give God ultimatums. Do it by Wednesday, God, or I'm going back to the streets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so hang in there. All right. There's a lot for me to unpack in this story. This story going to bless you like real talk. There's a lot to kind of kick it about in here. So let's go back to it. Verse four, when King Jeroboam heard the man of God speaking against the altar at Bethel, he pointed at him and shouted, seize that man. But instantly the king's hand became paralyzed in that position and he couldn't pull it back. So basically, like, you know, he was trying, he heard a word from the Lord against his false idol worship, whatever, burning and I don't know what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know the history behind all what he was doing in that situation. But he was doing something that ain't had nothing to do with God, got corrected and got mad. Like, how many times do, you know, God send correction and you get mad? Like, seize that man. Like, you know, he was heated. But the Lord caused his hand to, like, cripple up. You know what I'm saying? Like, right there, he couldn't do nothing about it. So then two verses later, like, <laughs> verse six. Like, first of all, I want to give my man a little credit. It only took him two verses to get his life together. Some of us been disobedient to God for like year after year. We ain't trying to hear nothing God got to say. God then gave us sign after sign. 
My man in verse four, he ain't got shriveled up by verse six. He like, uh, let's see. The king cried out to the man of God. Please ask the Lord your God to restore my hand again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord and the king's hand was restored and he could move it again. Shout out to him. Like we all need to take notes. Like God, you know what? I messed up, God. I'm sorry. Look, that, that one was a mistake. <laughs> Uh, go ahead and put me back together again. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. Look, I had a great fall, all that. Okay, put me back together. All right, now we really getting to the good part, y'all. Like this, this a listen, this could have been like three or four shows if you want me to be honest. I probably should have cut this up, but I ain't doing that. You about to get this word. I told y'all from episode one, you are going to get this inspiration. Verse seven, then the king said to the man of God, come to the palace with me and have something to eat, and I will give you a gift. Look at him, y'all, oh, come on, how many of us would have been like, oh, you got a little gift for me? Got some food, King? Because that's what we do. We, like, look, sometimes we selfishly on, only want give to give a word to somebody with some power and some money because we want some power and some money. So it's like, what I really like about this in this next part is that it shows, at least so far, that this prophet that was sent by God really had the right intentions. He wasn't going to the king to give the king, number one, a positive word. So sometimes we realize that not all, not all prophecy is just promising you what you're going to get. He went to the king with a correcting prophecy, number one, and then still fell in favor with the king. But, but watch what happens here. Verse eight, but the man of God said to the king, even if you gave me half of everything you own, I would not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in this place. Verse nine, for the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. Now this prophet is revealing that God didn't just send him to give a word. He sent him with precise directions, like go there and give this word to the king, but don't eat or drink with the king while you are there. And I want you to return home another way than, from which you came. Now, to the first thing, not eating or drinking while you're there, um, I believe at least based on what I was reading in the commentary, um, that William McDonald comment McDonald commentary that I told y'all that I have, I was reading in that and it kind of put in perspective that he wasn't supposed to eat or drink with the king or while he was there because the Lord didn't want him to do anything to make it seem like he was in agreement with how they were living up there. Like, so it's like, I don't want you to eat or drink here because I don't want you to seem like you are in agreement. Now, I want you to think about something here. Oftentimes, whenever we want a fellowship with non-believers, in an agreeing way, we'll try to use the fact that Jesus ate with sinners. And he did. But Jesus wasn't sinning when he ate with the sinners. You get what I'm saying? And so part of what we have to think of when we're going back to fellowship with old friends, with old friends it's with old all going to tie together. One of the things we got to keep in mind is, does my presence here represent in agreement with the lifestyle or the decisions that are being made. That's something you got to think about. So that's why that the Lord didn't want that to happen. Makes sense. Now, I honestly don't 
all the way know why he told him to go back another way from which he came, right? So on this part, just, just on this part, I'm going to insert an idea or a thought that's not there contextually in the scripture. So I want to be clear about that. This part is me just kind of maybe just thinking like, okay, I'm not clear on why he wanted him to go back a different way. But if, but if I'm inserting my, myself and my own life into that, that story and that situation, what could potentially be a reason that God would not want me to go back the same way in which I came? And so I'm reminded of the fact that a simple taste or a simple smell can take you back down to, to memory lane or something, right? It can trigger your past. And look, again, th this, is, this is not, I'm not making it seem like the scripture is saying this, but this is just something that stood out to me in my mind. It's like, sometimes we can't go back to something the way we came because God doesn't want you to be triggered. Like, and, and you know, like, it's like he don't want you to remember sin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And some of us, we go back down memory lane and we get, we get the wrong taste. We get the wrong smell and we trigger it. And, and, and then there we go. Like, I remember sin. I remember sin. Like, like not, not I remember when. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what people think about it. Whenever you get with an old group of people like, hey, remember when you and our little buddy went to the store? Hey, remember you and my Susie was at the club and y'all like that's what everybody want to remember when, but they don't realize that sometimes when you remembering when, <laughs> what you really doing is remembering sin. Remembering sin. And so I'm just imagining like maybe just maybe in order for God to get you to where He wants you to go, you can't go down that memory lane because that taste or that smell is going to trigger something now. I said something on my Facebook Live, and you know, I was just talking, and it just kind of like I just said it. Because you got a lot of people that debate about a lot of things on social media. I try to stay out of a lot of that stuff. I observe things, but I try to stay out of it. One of the things I see Christians debating on a lot is like what you should watch, what you should listen to. And you know, you got popular shows out there, like a show like Power, right? And I've never watched Power, but I've heard about it. And from what I hear, it's a lot of soft pornography in it. Um, obviously, the violence, the drug life, all of that. Um, but what I hear consistently is that it's a super sexual show. And so when I see people debating on this, it's very interesting to me, especially publicly. Because I don't think we, I think sometimes we debate publicly selfishly. Like, so I want to debate you on something that I watch or listen to only to defend the fact that I watch or listen to it, never considering other believers, right? So one of the things I think about is like, again, I've never seen power. So maybe what I've heard is wrong. This is just an example. But I'm like, if power is and does include a lot of soft pornography, so let's say you're making an excuse of, oh, wow, this is okay. And, I, and power, it could be anything. Power is just an example. Well, what if by you as a believer, especially if you have influence, leadership, anything where people follow you, what if by you putting your stamp of approval on that, it causes me to go watch it, right? Now, what if you don't know, right, that part of my past is something like pornography? Then now, because you, man or woman of God, gave the stamp of approval, I go and check this show out, 
But upon going down this memory lane, I see or sense a familiar sight, smell, or taste, or touch, whatever our senses are powerful. And it takes me back down, and then now I remember seeing. And so I think what we have to be careful about as believers, be careful about what you promote. Be careful about what you tell other people to listen to or watch, because maybe it doesn't trigger anything for you. Maybe it doesn't cause you to go and do something outside of your marriage. But maybe that wasn't your sin. Maybe that wasn't your memory. So you got to be careful not to be selfish in your preaching and your promotion because you might be causing me to remember sin. Now, here's the last thing I want to point out in this story. As you see, this story is like packed with just, oh my goodness, it's, it's packed. Like, I don't know, like the whole Bible, it's a lot of stuff in the Bible, y'all. Like, and especially these type of stories because these things are really historical where you're talking about kings and dynasties. And you can go read books outside of the Bible that confirm that these were the kings and dynasties in place at that time. So anyway, let's go back to this uh, scripture. Where are we going to pick up at? Let's see, verse 11, because this is where it gets a little tricky. As it happened, there was an old prophet living in Bethel and his sons came home and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. The old prophet asked them, which way did he go? So they showed their father which road the man of God had taken. First of all, look, <laughs> this is what we got to understand as believers. When you out here preaching the word and you out here doing things, there are people watching you. Not everybody has good intentions. So you have to be wise in who you allow yourself to listen to. Everyone calls themselves a man or woman of God, an evangelist, a prophet, like everyone says that. And that's why you have to discern and try the spirit by the spirit and not just accept someone's title. We live in this world of acceptance where we just think it means that we love people. So we accept any and everything. Oh, I don't care. Oh, yeah. Come on in. Who cares? Yeah. And then we put people ourselves included in harm's way spiritually and naturally. So let's go to verse 14. Then he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. The old prophet asked him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he replied. 15. Then he said to the man of God, come home with me and eat some food. Another pause. Notice that the man, the, the, the prophet that God sent had already passed the first test where the king asked him to eat with him. And he's like, no, I will not come and eat with you. I was sent by God and told not to do this. And what I want y'all to realize is oftentimes in my own life, I've passed the first test. And I thought like maybe too highly of myself. Like, yeah, I turned that down. I didn't do that. But the enemy ain't giving up. <laughs> like he's sending someone else. He's sending another temptation. He's sending another opportunity for you to remember sin. So verse 16, no, I cannot, he replied. I'm not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place, for the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. So he remembered exactly what God told him. Verse 18, but the old prophet answered, I am a prophet too just as you are. 
And an angel gave me this command from the Lord. Bring him home with you so he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was lying to him. I'm going to say this and this is going to sound harsh, so I'm going to say it and I'm going to keep it moving. Sometimes we think because someone has a title that they won't lie to us. So we allow ourselves to believe something that someone says that doesn't line up with the word of God, right? Because you could say, well, you know, this prophet, God was talking to him directly. Well, God is talking to us directly through his word. We have the Bible. So we should not allow, allow someone who's just because they're a preacher, just because they have a PhD in seminary, just because they got this title, they're a bishop, to say something against what the word of God says to influence or convince us that the word of God is wrong. Verse 19. So they went back together and the man of God ate and drank at the prophet's home. Now, here's what I want you to think about. God sent this man on a mission. And he turned down the king. He turned down, you know, he, he said, if you gave me half of what you own, he did everything that God told him to do up until the very last minute. And what blows me away is that the thing that caused him to sin, to remember sin, to go outside of God's will, was someone under the title of prophet. The consequences here, if you read that story, were deadly, literally, um, because it, that, cost, that disobedience cost that prophet his life. He ended up being killed by a lion when he left their, their home. If you go to 2 Kings 23, when the part of the prophecy was fulfilled when Josiah comes on the scene. Now, you got to realize Josiah came on the scene at eight years old. He reigned for over 30 years. I think it was 31 years that he reigned as king. Um, but I think it was dope. Like, number again, like, man, this, this story has so much. Like, 300 years later, this king that, they, that, was, that he prophesied about that was going to do all these great things. Like, I mean, he said a child would be born. But I don't know if they realize that, like, yo, this eight-year-old is coming to be the king. I really wish I could have been there to see how that actually went. Like, like I, I, I need to study that part of, like, I, I really need to study that part of their culture and, like, the detail behind, like, so an eight-year-old pops up, like, they had to be more advanced because I got some 10, 11-year-olds, nieces and nephews, and no offense to my brothers and sisters, but listen, if your, if your son or daughter uh, was, was about to be the president in this country, I would be quite nervous, if you, if you want me to be honest. Uh, we, we barely trust them to go outside and play and come back uh, with, with clean clothes on, let alone running the whole country, the kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. The but anyway, when you go and see that these things were fulfilled, Josiah was a, a righteous king um, at that, and he went and tore down all these altars. Like, if you go to 2 Kings 23, He's tearing down all this false God, idol worship. Like he went in there just correcting things. One of the things that was interesting is that when he got to the tomb of this prophet, he said, leave it alone. He asked like, who, like, what is that? And they're like, that's the tomb of the prophet who prophesied exactly what was going to happen today. And Josiah was like, yeah, yeah, let him like leave his bones alone. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I think. At the end of the day, that prophet was a good person. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think we got to realize sometimes that just because you're a good person doesn't mean you don't have to be obedient to God. Now, I'm not telling you your bones going to be, I ain't, I ain't prophesying death on you or nothing like that. 
But what I am saying is that, you know, there could be opportunities can die. You get what I'm saying? There's some things and places that God could have wanted you to go and, and those can be ruined. And so we got to be mindful not to be looking for a different word than, than the word that God gave us. And I think that happens a lot because many people hide behind the title of pastor, bishop, and all of these. And I, again, I don't say any of this to be harsh, but I think this is why I'm not really afraid of titles. At least I try not to be afraid of titles, like because people have power, they have an aura about themselves. If you've ever been around certain people with power and a, and, a, and a certain wealth or things, maybe it's you. They have an aura about themselves. People with titles can be very convincing, very influential. And that's, that's just something that I'm mindful of is like, yo, I'm looking at God's word. And if it say that something is right or something is wrong, I'm sorry, but you're, I'm not going to allow your title to tell me that it's different. I'm not looking for a different word. I don't have to like, just cause you from out of town and that's how we do stuff. Oh, this is an old prophet from Atlanta. Well, if you say something against the word of God, you old and wrong, bro. So, all right, let's move on from that before I get into any type of real trouble. Uh, we got a great show ahead for you today. Uh, we got the J Will music song of the day coming up. From there, we are gonna go into what in the world. We're gonna get social. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Y'all know how we do. But look, real quick, you listening to this show right now. I appreciate you listening. Please take a moment to do a couple things. Number one, I want you sub to, ah, to subscribe to the show. I can talk, man. I can talk. Subscribe to this show. Thank you for everyone who's already subscribed. New shows come out every week, and when you subscribe, you can have the notification tell you, and it comes directly to your phone or mobile device or whatever. You could do that on Apple Podcasts. You could do that on Spotify, iHeartRadio. This show is everywhere. You could do it on Google Podcasts. So subscribe to the show. The other thing I want you to do, whatever you know, app you're listening on, like do me this favor, bro. Stop playing me. Rate the show. Give the show some ratings and give it a written review. Like, you could do that. You know what I'm saying? Stop being lazy. You could do that. You know, if you don't, I still love you. But it would be helpful and it would be cool to hear and see the feedback from the show. And God's people, now it is time for the J. Will Music Song of the Day. Today we got another special one. Don't it feel like every song we play is a special one? Well, that's because it is. Um... This is going to be another song from my brother Darius James' new project, We Want Your Glory. Hopefully you picked up that project last week. If not, you still have an opportunity. Just search Darius James, We Want Your Glory, hashtag WWYG. Today's song is called A Sinner Song. Now let me tell you what's dope about this and why it's special to me. Uh, Darius and I wrote this song about five years ago. Crazy how fast time flies. And I'm not actually featuring on this song. Originally I was, I wrote the second verse um, and I was originally rapping. Um, and sometime, maybe two years ago now, Darius was like, yo, I want to sing this or whatever it may be. And um, I'm like, cool, that's my brother. So if he asks me like, hey, take me off the song, you want to sing, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's dope. I'm happy to just write something. And when I heard the finished project, um, man, just amazing, an amazing song. But what's really dope is I kicked it with Darius the other day and we're going to get him on the show soon. 
And he was telling me, like, man, you don't realize how prophetic that song is. And I'm like, huh? He was like, yeah, like, when we wrote this song, I only had one son. Like, I ain't had no daughters. Like, yeah. And I'm like, wow. So y'all got to listen to the words of the second verse written by me, but prophetically also aligning with my brother Darius's life. So, man, this song gives me chills, brings a little tears to my eyes. It's called A Sinner Song by Darius James. Check out his new project, We Want Your Glory. Who just wanna be made new? I've done some things I shouldn't have, and now I just need you. You reached out and pulled me out. Ever that I am amazed. You see the depths of my heart, but you stayed up in the same. And I'm just a sinner. I'm a sinner. So just wanna repent. I live in sacrifice and increasing. My little ones that keep on my team. My only son, you know what this meant. On this journey, I gave you my all. Lord, things fall. That led me to the edge of a cliff. I'm still waiting for my ultrasound. Please, Lord, don't let it end like this. I know I don't deserve that. I know that I'm the world they belong. Please grant me this one wish. I'm being the best father that you ever made Give me, let me show my son to make some lemonade Show my daughter how I'm real man, push love Keep my eyes on anyone that comes close to her Come on right for my life, I know this is right Would you forgive me for my wrongs? Alright forgiven just believe that jesus christ died for your sins and i promise man that it'll be your right it's gonna be okay it's gonna get better it's gonna be
and I'll be alright. I don't care. And even when your friends turn their back against you, it's gonna get better. It'll be alright. It'll be okay. To the edge of a cliff. I'm still waiting for my ultrasound. Please, Lord, don't let it end like this. I know I don't deserve it. I know that I'm not worthy, but Lord, please grant me this one wish. Woo! I love that song. All right, guys, people, I want to introduce something new to the show this week. I want to take a moment to acknowledge, shout out, show some love to God's people of the week. Now, this is something I may keep on the show if good things and good people keep coming my way. You know what I'm saying? But I got two people that I want to um, acknowledge this week for God's People of the Week. Number one, it was about three episodes ago, and I made a statement about how, you know, I have not really, I think it was the unrated show. That's what it was. And um, I talked about just how I kind of made it on this journey you know, by myself, didn't have a lot of support from Christian media and Christian rap media um, specifically. And um, on the back end of that show, you know what I'm saying, somebody made, you know, kind of made me aware of the fact like, yeah, well, that's not all the way true because, you know, in the last couple years, I have had some support. So when I made that statement, I guess I was thinking more about the journey to where I am now because I'm in a very different place now. So when y'all hear me talk about certain things, it's more so about how I got here, not necessarily now that I'm where God has me now. Things are very different, even though I'm still not attached to any industries or things like that. Um, God has brought some good people along the way for me, um, some good connections, some godly individuals that I don't lump into the categories of the people I talked about on the unrated episode, which I think was episode 40. So the first person I want to acknowledge today for God's people of the week is Will Addison. Will is a dope guy. He, he and his wife, Miki Addison, have a radio show um, on what was formerly, I believe, the um, Urban Family Talk. Um, and that was the radio station that I was actually a part of for Inspire God's People. Will gave me an opportunity um, that I never would have, never have gotten, probably never would have gotten, especially being able to speak the truth and um, have creative control of my show and hit the radio airwaves across several states. Um, he also um, kind of led what is, I don't know how to explain this, but it's called BSAC. Um, 
I believe it's Biblically Sound Artist Coalition. And forgive me if I'm wrong, because I'm going off the top of my head. But um, this is like a group of Christian artists um, that is a part of this network with Will. Um, and he's one of those people just in media. He still works um, for the parent network, I believe. They still have their radio show. And uh, I don't know all the details because all of this stuff just kind of changed. And I also don't want to be putting out information if they haven't put it out. So um, I think I'm good to say at least what I've said. But I want to thank Will for being one of those people who have supported me. I've only known him a couple years. I've been on his radio show a few times. Again, I've told you he's played my music. He's also given us a platform for Inspire Guys people. Um, I went out, he brought me in for a conference to rap this year in Mississippi, uh, which was a powerful conference. I talked about it on one of the episodes. So here's to you, Will Addison, for being God's people of the week. And for those of you who want to see what all the fuss is about, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, man, whatever, is Will this dope? Just go to AFR.net, go to the drop down, hit podcast, and you will see airing with the Addisons. That's Will and Miki's show. Airs weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. on American on Family American, on American. Radio. Radio. What in the world is up with men having to cut their facial hair off in corporate America? All right, so my mom had texted me this picture yesterday. It was my, actually my uh, college graduation pictures. And the funniest thing is, like, I've never opened those pictures. Like, I didn't even really remember that I took the picture. Like, I was looking at the picture like, I genuinely don't ever remember taking pictures in my cap and gown for college. But my mom sent me the pictures and she like, oh, look, I found these and we never opened them. And she's like, you look young. I'm like, it's funny because I do look young, but I look younger than I really actually looked in real life at that time. Like, why do I have the naked face? And I'm like, oh, that's when I was interviewing for jobs. And of course, coming out of school, it's like, and especially in business, I was trying to do everything I could to get those jobs. And I don't remember who told me that I should cut off my facial hair, but that was a thing and, or is a thing. And so I cut off my facial hair and now I have these pictures that I have to look at for the rest of my life of myself graduating college in my cap and gown with zero facial hair. Now, the thing that I'm wondering is who decided that having the naked face was professional? Like, why is that professional? I gotta tell you, as an African-American guy, it doesn't work for me. Like, it just doesn't do the trick. And uh, maybe it's just a cultural thing. Where maybe it's because... Growing up, like, maybe it's a social class, like, not even a nationality thing. Growing up in my neighborhood, a lot of people didn't have no jobs where they had to do that. So I'm not used to seeing that. Like, jobs we had, you can go to, all right, I ain't going to get into that. My point is, when I first came into corporate America, I'm like, why they do that? Like, and, and I, again, I don't, wanna, I don't want y'all to take this wrong. I'm just being real. Especially for the black dudes. I was looking like, bruh. 
Oh, you don't got no goat tea or something like Anyway, I just want to know where it came from. Maybe I need to do my research. I need to do my homework. I'm just trying to figure out with things like that, who decided it. So now I am a young man in corporate America with a beard. And I really just made this decision in like the last year and a half, and I'm not going to get deep into it, but I will say generally this. In corporate America, there are a lot of things being accepted these days. A lot of people who are able to express themselves and you can dress like and wear what you want. You could be a dude and paint your fingernails. You could be a woman and present yourself as a man. And one day it hit me about two years ago, year and a half, whatever it was. I was like, wait a minute. If my man can wear fingernails and come to work, I for sure can be a man with a beard. So I made that decision like, "Uh, I'm a man with a beard now. Problem is, the higher you go up, you start looking around and you're like, man, it ain't nobody with a beard in here. Like, ain't no brother that stood up for his rights to have facial hair. So as of right now, I'm holding on. And I've been around the top executives. And <laughs> I was around a top executive uh, a few months ago. And uh, she looked at me. She was like, oh, yeah, you look. I remember when I met you before. You look different. Yeah, you, you, you didn't have a beard. So this is what happens now, like whenever I'm in corporate settings, you first of all, your my beard, that's the only time that it act, I actually feel it on my face. Like it feels like, yo, look at this. And eh, eh, eh. my beard feel like it got an alarm on it when I'm in like super professional corporate settings. Not like every day with my clients. I'm more so talking in network events or, you know, headquarter type. Just the high level stuff where you like where people are just different, you know, they're like in their super professional mode. I don't know, man. I'm just, right now. I'm holding on. I, I can't I can't do it. Like not right now, bro. I feel like this is my Martin Luther King moment. Like this is what I'm here for. I'm going to stand up for beard rights like men bearded rights. Like I'm going to do it in the midst of this world where people standing up for any and everything. Like, look, bro, if you could paint your toenails, I'm about to have a beard. But I am being real. I feel like, okay, how you going to come to a man and say you can't have a beard these days? So I'm changing the whole corporate vibe. Men are allowed to have beards in corporate America now. At least until they offer me enough of a promotion to cut it off. I'm going to be real. And look, if y'all ever see me and I got the naked face again, just be like, uh, he getting that naked face money. Like, you can't. Woo! That boy is clowning. I'm just joking. I will not compromise my facial hair for no amount of money and no, uh, okay, whatever. Let's not finish that sentence. I hope I don't have to, man. Can I be real? I want to keep my beard. Like, can y'all let me keep, can I, can I keep my beard? Listen, this, I'm Samson. This, this is my strength. I'm no good at work if I cut this. Okay? Is that a good enough argument? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe. It's time to get social. Let's get social. It's time to get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. God's people, it's time to head over to my Facebook page. It's been a while, y'all. But it's time to get social. Listen, I haven't done Let's Get Social in quite a while, so I have a ton of things that we could talk about 
on my Facebook page. So what I'm going to do is just, I don't know, I'm going to just scroll through here and rattle off on some of the posts that I come across. I try to keep it interesting. You don't sometimes all the way know what I mean just by following me on social media. That's why this show is important. All right, let's see. This post had 34 likes and six shares. This is what I said. Nothing comes easy in this life. You have to work for everything. Get up and give effort to something purposeful. 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 Say it, man. Wasting your life leads to evil. You have too much time on your hands, so you sin. I'm not even going to spend a whole bunch of time, like, digging into that. Like, that's pretty much simple. You got a lot of time on your hands, so you sin it. Because you're not walking in your purpose. That's the problem with living an idle life and wasting time. Sin, when you really think about it, a lot of sin is about opportunity. Because in our hearts, we all struggle with sin. Right? We all struggle with the desire to sin. And sometimes denying yourself means denying yourself the opportunity to sin. The problem with some of us is we keep putting ourselves in position, giving ourselves the opportunity, making it easy for ourselves to sin. Oh, here go a good one. This is actually posted by Lavelle. And this post had 106 likes, 40 comments, and seven shares. And this was a joke. He had the laughing emoji, so I know it's a joke. He said, I love it when preachers say, watch this, watch this. And the revelation don't be nothing. <laughs> Listen, man, we done all been in church at least once or twice. And you know, when preachers start trying to like build up to something, like the music playing, like, hold on. Wait, 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 watch what I'm about to say. And then they get to the punchline and it's like, oh no, I still don't know what you was about to say, bro. So shout out to Lavelle for a good Facebook post. Uh, you know. That was a good one, man. All right, this post, uh, I had, uh, let's see, 164 likes, 50 comments, and 15 shares. This is also a joke that I posted. I said, people will have the iPhone 11, the Jordan 12s, but won't have $13. Woo! Can I get a? Can I get a? Can I get a? Can I get a? Y'all know it's true, man. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> I know people like this. Like, they got it all. They got, like, look, I, can I just be honest with y'all? I can't upgrade my phone every year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't do that. That's too much money. And the phones don't do nothing but one extra thing. Like, that's kind of what make me mad about the phones. It's like, ooh, you got this phone. But if you pay me $1,000, you can get this one. It looked just like that one. But it got one more little circle in the back. You like circles, don't you? And so there are people who run around and we have to have the latest and the greatest of everything. And really those things are a smokescreen because we don't really have nothing. We don't have what it looked like anyway. Like red bottoms is one of those things to me, ladies. And I know y'all love red bottoms. But my thing with red bottoms is like, if you're going to buy those type of shoes, it, okay, let me, let me not make it about y'all because that's going to make somebody mad. Why would I drive a Bentley? Like, if I don't have Bentley money, I don't want the Bentley to look like I got the money. I would rather have money if I'm going to get the Bentley. And if I had to choose between two of them, you can keep the Bentley. You get what I'm saying? 
And too many times we choose to look like we have something that we don't have. All right, let's do one more and get out of here, y'all. This is also a joke. So we had mostly jokes today, you know, so nobody hit me up and email me thinking I'm serious. Had the laughing emojis and everything. 223 likes, 102 comments, and four shares. Here's what I said. The same churches that's trying to book Kanye told me they didn't have $1,500 in the budget for my band. <laughs> Look, it is funny to me. I'm just being real. It's funny to me because it's an awkward thing, you know, booking as an artist or even as a speaker at churches because when you're going through this process, you realize how worldly church is. Like you realize that in church, just like in the world, they not really always interested in whether or not you are truly called by God, anointed, or walking in your purpose. A lot of times it's the same stuff in the world. Like how big is your name? You know, how many people can you draw? Like got a title like bishop. Now, it don't matter that that bishop might not be talking about anything. Like he might not be talking about, he might be with Lavelle was on the watch this, watch this status. No shade to no bishops out there, but y'all know it's true. And then if you get someone, they could be anointed as all get out. But if they don't have a big name or a big title, then that's kind of how you treat them. And that's just the funny thing about church. So as I see this Kanye West thing and how Kanye is like popping up at churches and all that, and I don't know if he's getting paid or if it's just kind of like a situation where he's like, look, y'all don't have to pay me because I'm going to come there and sell these uh, $100 t-shirts to, to your membership and I'll make my money that way. I don't know, but it's funny to me because he definitely popping up on the scene at churches. And I'm like, wait a minute, bro. How you don't got 1500 for me? But it's like, oh, this is a star or this is a celebrity. I, when I put that, if you read in those 100 comments, you know, there's quite a few people that actually said, like, well, you're not Kanye. You're not going to pull in the numbers that he pull in. And sometimes I post those type of jokes because jokes really a lot of times pull out the truth in us. And it makes you think about why you do or why you feel certain things. So I would just say if we are, you know, looking at church in that same manner, then, you know, we are already in dangerous grounds to think that we are only booking people in church to draw a large crowd, even if the substance of what they're talking about means nothing. And that's not something that I believe we should be doing. Like, that's not something that I want to stand for personally. And I believe that a lot of times that's how you make your mark. That's how you make your stand. When you're booking at your church, you know, you you know, stay in your ground and you speak up for the truth. Because I've been a part of a lot of booking at a lot of churches and things like that. And I know that that happens. Um, again, no shade to anyone. But at some point, we have to realize that we're creating our own problem. So shout out to everybody out there who want to pay my band the right amount of money. And it's more than 1500 You know what I'm saying? I'm just joking. I'm talking. I just threw a random number out there. It could be more, it could be less. You know, you'll never know until you try to book me. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. God's people, thank you for listening to today's show. Look, do you have feedback? You want to let me know what's on your mind? You got a topic you want to hear? Or you just want to let me know what you thought about today's show? It's easy. Shoot me an email. You can catch me at Jermaine Wilson Music 
at gmail.com. Again, Jermaine Wilson Music. It's all one word. Let me know what you think. And you like this show, don't you? So you know what you want to do? You want to listen to it at work. You want to listen to it in the gym. Do me a favor. Just search Inspire God's People. You can Google it. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you listen to music or podcasts. You know what else? You should share this show with someone. Why? Because it's a good show. And if you don't like this show, just act like you like it. 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 Act like you like it.